Women, your personal trainer for love. Welcome back to the Love You podcast, where you're going to learn everything you need to know about dating relationships, sex, and men from a man's point of view. Uh, I have told this story multiple times, but I don't think I could tell it enough. So I'm going to lead with it today, especially for our new viewers and listeners. This story does not make me look good. It doesn't make my marriage look good, but it is the truth. And if I'm not going to tell you the truth, I kind of have no business doing this job. The entire time I was dating my wife, I was torn. On one hand, I had the easiest, most drama-free relationship I ever had, one where I never doubted whether she was a good human being who would never let me down. On the other, I was fighting with my own demons that sought to sabotage my relationship. I had dated more attractive women before. I dated more ambitious women before. I dated more impressive women before. I dated women who had more common beliefs and interests before. It's never popular to say this stuff out loud, but it's true. That is why I'm sharing it. That lack of clarity as to whether I was compromising, right, or ending up proposing tortured me for a full six months after I got married. When I think about it now, I kind of laugh because even though I was giving advice at the time, um, I was doing it already for five years, uh, I still didn't fully grasp what made marriage successful. It was theoretical. Right? I hadn't put it into practice. I wasn't a happily married guy. I was just telling other people how to be happily married. Now, eight years later, I'm still talking the talk, but I'm also finally walking the walk. And it's my deep desire to help you do the same. So most relationships, as I talked about in my previous podcast, start with that spark of attraction, being impressed, being obsessed, thinking you found your soulmate. And what happens is you start your relationship at the peak and you slowly head downhill from there. My relationship, on the other hand, good or bad or otherwise, started out kind of even and it's continued to grow over time. And I realized that I can't be the only person who is hung up on this, right? Who's trying to figure out what's the best way to find a compatible life partner um, that continues to make me happy, and not just for a year and a half, but for 40 years, right? And so my mission and my daily job is, how do I reverse engineer what I did, whether it's accidental or intentional, and teach other women to get happily married like I did? So it starts, right, with a definition. The difference between compromising and settling. The difference between compromise and settling is how you feel about it afterwards. Think about that for a second. Both involve making trade-offs, but the person who compromised should, could compromise, feel good about her trade-off, while the person who settled feels bad about her trade-off. And this is what I perceive spurs so, so many women to get angry at what is at least common sense advice. I will never ever tell you to settle because settling involves being unhappy, right? It's how you feel afterwards. If you feel you settled, then you settled and you're unhappy. And why would your dating coach ask you to do anything that makes you unhappy? What I challenge you to do is consider whether you can make certain compromises that will actually lead to greater happiness than you're experiencing right now. 
So for years, I went under the false assumption that because I was turned on by super smart women, I needed a woman who was smarter than I was. Not only did I discover that there weren't a ton of women who qualified, but the few I met had their own issues. Socially awkward, masculine energy, highly critical. Right? Reasons that despite their intelligence, which was so attractive, made me not want to go out with them. So of course, I still needed someone who was smart, but I wasn't giving up on intelligence. Right? I wanted someone who wanted to see plays and watch noted speakers. But I took off that made-up qualification that she had to be as intellectually curious as I was. She just had to be able to keep up and get the joke. So suddenly my dating population jumped from the 2 to 5% of women who were smarter than me to 25% of women who were perfectly smart. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about when I'm asking you to distinguish settling and compromising. It's realizing you can be attracted to a certain kind of man who isn't good for you. Or realizing that you could find a man who doesn't have everything because in the grand scheme of things, he still treats you like gold. So think of the things that we look at, <coughs> women look at, when you're looking at a guy's online dating profile. Height, doesn't matter. Right? Especially if you're a woman who's short or average. Only 14% of men are over six feet tall. Weight, matters, but the fact is, as we age, most of us thicken a little bit. I'm, <laughs> I'm 20 pounds heavier than I was in college. Um, if that disqualifies me from someone wanting to marry me, that's, that's okay, but that would seem a bit sh short-sighted. Um, age, I went over my age limit, right? Personally, I, you know, I was online looking for a young woman. I married a woman who's three years older. I have a woman client who's in her 60s. She's dating a man in her 30s, right? There's lots of ways to be in love. Um, Education. These are again. These are the things that we look at. The first thing we do. We don't. We don't read the profile. Height, weight, age, education, religion, income, politics, pets. Those are the things we look for. Just check boxes. Well, if you're an education snob, only twelve percent of men have advanced degrees. Limiting. Religion. Unless you must raise children in the same faith, there's nothing wrong with agreeing to disagree. Twenty percent of the country is, you know, agnostic or atheist. Uh, good people. They don't need to be eliminated because they don't have the same faith that you do, unless you need to impose your faith on them and force them to agree with you. People like me could agree to disagree. My wife and I don't agree on God. It doesn't affect. Right? Income. This is a huge one. If you're a woman with money, you don't need a man with money. Shocker. He just needs to be able to support himself without being unstable. He doesn't need to be a drain on your finances, but if you make $150,000 and he makes $60,000, congratulations, your, your household now makes $210,000. So you don't need a man with more money as much as you think you do, right? Politics, um, politics is in a polarized age is, uh, is a big deal, but it matters mostly if you're really passionate about it, where you really can't agree to disagree or not talk about it. If politics is a huge part of your life, then, well, yeah, you're gonna need someone who agrees with you because it'll create conflict, but for the most part, you know, unless it's, it's central to your existence, you can agree to disagree. Pets, he doesn't have to love dogs. Right? You're lucky if he puts up with your dogs, really. And he doesn't have to be just like you. Same for any hobby, right? Whether it's, it's golfing or yoga or hiking, or, he doesn't have to be you. So that's hard to hear for a lot of people. I compromised on age, 
religion, politics, intellectual curiosity. My wife compromised on height, temperament, religion, politics, intensity. I'm a lot to handle, but thankfully my wife doesn't see me that way. We're both very happy because despite our avowed differences and flaws, we fundamentally accept each other. If we dissected each other because each of us has dated someone else who's younger, thinner, richer, taller, we'd break up only to discover that we could find more impressive people who don't make us as happy as we make each other right now. <clears throat> and that's why the secret sauce, when we're talking about uh, compromise versus settling, the secret sauce is nothing cerebral, it's here. It's how you feel, right? You have to tr learn to trust how you feel in the presence and not in the presence of your boyfriend, right? So we're not looking on at who is this guy on a one to 10 scale? Is he the best I've ever had in terms of uh, his job or the best I've ever had in terms of looks or uh, prowess in the bedroom? But on the whole, how is your relationship on a one to 10 scale? Not him, but the relationship you have with him. Because I promise you, you could be very, very happily married to a guy who's a seven if your relationship is a 10. And you could be completely miserable with a guy who's a 10 if your relationship largely consists of arguing and texting and walking on eggshells and apologizing and silent treatments and insecurities and jealousies and breaking up and making up and different values and generally poor communication. Right? That is my foundation. It's the thing that I teach in my Love You course. And when people graduate, they get this in a deep and meaningful way so that they can uh, arrive at these conclusions, be their own dating coach and do it on their own. Um, I'm going to be taking some calls right now. I'm very curious <clears throat> to see if I have anything to add to what I already said. I, I, have, I have a feeling it's going to be some sort of reiteration of the same concepts. Uh, trying to find that sweet spot between settling and compromising that stymies so many people, including me, six months into my marriage. So thank you for uh, listening to me. I'm looking forward to taking our first caller. Her name is Kimberly. Hello, Kimberly. Hello. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for being here. Thank you. How can I help you? Well, I'm, I'm concerned that I'm in a relationship right now, and I'm concerned that I'm settling or I'm compromising. I've never been in a relationship like this before. I've been divorced three times. Um, and I do like the idea of uh, marriage. I like the idea of long-term and I think about that with this guy, but then I get a free, I'm, I'm fearful that I could be settling or I could end up straying, which I have this big thing about no cheating. My, it's a big thing. And I just feel like I could end up straying on this person because I get so bored with the relationship. <clears throat> well, that, first of all, this deserves a little bit more information, doesn't it? Yes. So let's start off. You've been married three times. Yes. Tell me about if there's any pattern. I don't know that there is. I'm fishing here. Is there any pattern between the three, three guys you married, mm -hmm. how quickly you married them, the amount of chemistry you had, and what went wrong? Kind of chemistry with all three. First one married uh, with him 20 years, had my children with him. So went from 20 years old to 40. Then I had a quick drive through marriage, pretty much. Before, before you drive through in your marriage, could you get uh, a little closer to the mic? Because I'm having a little trouble hearing you. Yeah. Sorry about that. Is, that. is that better? It's much better. <laughs> Amazing. You just have to do this, which is... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <clears throat> Thank you. Okay. So uh, then I had, I 
came right out of a marriage after not feeling good about myself for a long time, met a guy that made me feel great, tons of chemistry, met him, married and divorced him in a year. Okay. Yeah. So then I swore I'd never get married again. And I as one does, I'd live like a man and I'd have a collection of men, one for dancing, one for that kind of thing. And while I, in my collection, I met somebody and uh, a month later, I weaned all my collection and started getting serious, discussed all of my doubts and fears and was reassured wouldn't be a problem, married him. And how, how long were you together before you got married? Uh, about a year and a half. Okay. And what were you, what was he like? Or what is he like? Uh, narcissistic. I, what I have found about my last three, this is what I did discover. I was with takers and I'm a giver. Mm. Okay. And he was and, a big taker. And now yes. you're with a giver. Yeah, I am. And he's so sweet and he's so kind and he's just a good man. He's like a bet. He's my best friend. He really is. Okay. And so the problem is. <laughs> I have notes. The problem is um, I like to be, I, the chemistry is not amazingly there. So, you know, I don't find myself wanting to go jump on him and jump his bones. And he's not silly. He's not funny. He's not physically affectionate. And I'm all of that. So that's really hard for me. I love to dance. He is very awkward dancing. And I like to be out there dancing with the man I'm in love with and feeling sexy. I go out a lot with, I mean, he comes out with me, of course, but I always sometimes when we're out, I feel like I'm alone versus with somebody. Okay. Well, you, you brought, how long have you been together? Uh, this year will be four years. Four years. Mm -hmm. Has he asked you to marry him and you've said nothing? He almost did. Okay. But he doesn't know that you're going to say yes. So he doesn't ask the question. Well, I don't know if I'm going to say yes. He doesn't know if you're going to say yes. That's why Correct. he doesn't ask the question. Right. He's very fearful of that. Sure. Got it. Because I'm very should. clear and open. I'm very open with him. I got it. I got it. Um, <clears throat> uh, I'm going to try to resist making huge pronouncements because I don't know you and I don't know oh, him. You can. Not, you can. No, but, but, I, but, I, but I, I, I can't because it's not, there, there's nothing that's a no-brainer. There's nothing. Okay. Sometimes it's like, oh, you've got to break up with this guy. And I feel very comfortable saying it. This isn't as obvious, but, but I'm, I, I want to I wanna play both sides of the fence. Um, there's one thing that you said that concerned me, um, and it's not probably what you would think it is. Um, and, and I think we all bring our own stuff into the relationships. It's very clear that you've made bad choices with men before, uh, driven by, by chemistry, excitement, passion, his charisma, right? It was intoxicating to you. And you said, oh, I could figure out a way to make it work despite the fact that he's selfish. And you can't, you need a giver, right? And you need a man who's got feminine energy, right? Who balances out your masculine energy, which go, 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 me, me, me. It's, <laughs> it's wonderful, but you need a guy who just lets you do you. Wow, yes. Right? So, yes. so you kind of have that. Here's what you don't have fun and that's that's a real thing so again now we're getting into sort of the nitty-gritty of settling versus compromise and again I, I know we all have our biases my bias is that my mom was married to my dad for 30 years and it was an imperfect marriage but it was a good one uh, he passed away when he was 53 uh, five years later uh, she got remarried to a guy 
who was, I guess, the equivalent of your guy. I don't know them. I don't know that they're the same, but he was kind and chivalrous and old school and shirt off your back, carry the heavy grocery bag, cook dinner, make, do the dishes. He was doting, <laughs> but he was not much in the looks department and he wasn't much in the personality department. And when she went to parties, she felt alone, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and it wasn't that she doubted his inherent goodness. Right. It was that he didn't feel like a partner. They weren't really on the same wavelength, right? He was probably her best friend because he was so kind and listened to her. But it was, it was like having, a, you know, having a, an awkward child when you brought him to parties. And that marriage only lasted for two years. Mm. And now my mom is 71 and just got remarried her third time. And she's never been happier because she found someone who is more sensitive and caring than my father was, right? But far more fun than her second husband was. So I think we sometimes make the categorical error of, of assuming that it's, that, that it's an either or, right? It's not just passion and narcissism without kindness, which is a terrible relationship, yeah. nor is it just kindness and stability, which could equal drudgery. Right? There's actually something in between, right? And so when you said I'm with my best friend and my first thing is, well, you should marry your best friend. Studies say that couples who are best friends are the best couples, right? Couples who are not best friends, where it's, you know, I, I went out to dinner with a bunch of people and, and uh, I was the only guy at the, at the table who said his wife was his best friend. And I was really struck by that. Wow. Uh, and I was like, you don't, you don't want to judge. These are some of my best friends, uh, like these, these, these couples. And I was like, really? I'm the only one who, who thinks that? And the other guys were like, yeah, I'd much rather hang out and play golf with Mike than hang out with my wife. And <laughs> this, everybody at, at the table, yeah. they were sort of joking about it. I was like, really? I'd kind of right, rather hang out with my wife than my guy friends. Yeah. So the best friends thing is no small deal. The problem is thinking that this guy that you've sunk four years into is the only guy on the planet. And what I would suggest is that if we just assume that you're a catch and that men are abundant, right? Is there a guy who is as kind and thoughtful and consistent as this gentleman you're dating right now, who's just a little more fun? And yeah. I would guess, yes, there probably is. Yeah, that's where I get leery. Right? And so here's the, here's the measure of what you need to do now, right? And again, this is, I don't want to tread too heavily, Ask yourself this question, um, and again, I'm not going to ask you your age, but if you were to cement this relationship as it is right now, we freeze it in time, this is it, until you're 85 years old, are you happy? If the answer is yes, then stay, and if the answer is no, then go. And I'm not going to ask you what you should, I'm not going to ask you to answer me right now, but that's really what it is. This is who he is, it's four years in, this is who he is. This is who you are. If you are content with this, then stay. If you are not content with this, then go, because nothing's changing. And so what's the difference between content and bored? Um, well, uh, I think content would be closer to happy. Content would be closer to happy. Um, you shouldn't just tolerate someone. It's great to have someone who's easier to get along with than your previous husbands. Mm -hmm. I'm a, big preacher of the easy relationship. 
but I'm but I remain concerned of the idea that you said right, by your own volition about your best friend and your favorite person and potentially your future husband that um, eh, yeah. not, it, again, it's not even the attraction thing because you don't have to be wildly attracted to someone to for him to be good in bed. And it, it doesn't have to be, oh my God, I want to jump on his bones. The, the jumping on the bones is not the metric. I, that didn't bother me. My wife doesn't want to jump on my bones either. <laughs> right? But I do so, like that silliness and, but yes. That's I, it, but, that, but that's it. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. It's being on the same wavelength. So yeah. have there been people that I've been more attracted to on the planet than my wife? Yeah. Has there anybody who's on my same wavelength? Nope. Yeah. Nope. It's just, we get each other, right? We, yeah. we just, it's just, it's easy and it's seamless and we're well, both silly we and extroverted. And, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice on a couple other things and trade off as is she. Yes. Um, I, I wasn't willing to trade off on the thing that you're concerned about. And now, as I said, that might mean I'm imposing my values on you. I wouldn't give up fun and humor to be in a relationship because yeah. she's nice. Yeah. Right. It may seem like there's no nice guys out there, but there's plenty of nice guys out there. So to me, you found a really solid template for the kind of relationship that works. Right. But I think you could find a guy who has this and then the piece that's missing. And again, I don't want to break you up, but no. I, 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 would, I would think that the thing that you're wondering, is it out there, is out there. Yeah, that's, I guess, the, the scary, because I, I have been around people that there is chemistry or whatever, and I just feel like most of the guys are like the guys that I married, and I don't want to no, ever there, do there's that a, again. There's a spectrum. You're drawn to those guys, but there's a lot of guys, right, if your husbands are here and your current boyfriend is here, I guarantee you there's a here. I guarantee it. You're dealing with such a small sample size. We're talking about four men. <laughs> right? That's so, true. Yeah. So there's, 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 there's plenty of guys. And um, it, it's, you know, if you, if you break up, it will be scary. And it'll be, you'll meet a bunch of jerk offs and narcissists. You're going to have to go through a lot of people before you find a guy as nice as this. It's not going to happen tomorrow. Right. But it'll happen. I also don't want to hurt him. Well, that's no reason to stay with someone either. I understand that impulse. No one wants to hurt someone you care about. But yeah, he's too sweet and kind. Well, what are you, you, know? you going to do? Sacrifice the rest of your life to not hurt him? I don't know. I yeah. can't. I, 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 I could do as much as I could do, which is to clarify your thinking. I can't tell you what to do. Right. But I could clarify your thinking about what compromising is and what settling is. And I hope that this was somewhat valuable to you. It was. And even everything you said before I even came on, I was listening, was tremendous. Really good stuff. Really Thank you. Stuff. Thank you for being here. And please uh, send me an email. Uh, let me know what you what you plan to do. I'd like I'd like to know. I will do. And thanks for talking with me. I so appreciate it. Thank My you. My pleasure. All okay. Right. Bye. 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 Our next caller. Uh, I see the name Amber. Is there <laughs> is there more to Amber? Is it Amber? It's Amber. Amber. Okay. <laughs> that sounds a little better than Amber. I don't know how you say Amber. <laughs> Welcome, Amber. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. Thank you for I'm being here. I'm in Hawaii right now. Okay. Where, where are you from, Amber? Born in England. Okay. And I grew up in uh, Cape Town in South Africa. God, that's what I was picking up. Back to England, and then I, now I live in Denver in Colorado. You are a true globalist. Yes. <laughs> so um, uh, thank you for being here on the Love You podcast. How can I help you today? 
All right, so I'm in a relationship. Well, all right, let's go back. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of history. I've been married once to my high school sweetheart, and uh, we got divorced in our mid-30s. Um, really don't know why. He kind of went like through a really mid, early midlife crisis, and just we separated and then got divorced. So to this day, I really don't know what happened. We don't have children. And um, so since then, I, most of the time I've dated guys older than me because I thought that I needed to date guys older because they could handle me because <laughs> I'm quite, quite a lot to handle. <laughs> and then two years ago, unexpectedly, I met my boyfriend and he's 12 years younger. And uh, I met him because my clients knew, I do real estate, my client's new boyfriend in my my now boyfriend is his brother. So I met him unexpectedly and the chemistry was there in every way, physical, mental, spiritual. Um, we connected, we opposite sides of the, the star spectrum, the, um, I'm a Taurus, he's a Scorpio, but the passion means that you fight too. You're passionate about everything. And then I did not understand what was happening. We would go out, break up, go out, break up. And finally, I read about a month ago, this thing called the relationship triangle, where you have, you know, the nurturer and the victim. And we, once we, when we fall in those roles, because he's younger and doesn't earn as much as me, and then we're fine. But then one of us blows up about something. I think I get tired and I just say, I'm doing everything. Or he gets tired, you know, of his role. And then we have a major fight and a breakup. And I don't think we know what to do. And I keep thinking, am I settling? You know, am I compromising? I, I mean, I'm so confused as to what to do. And I know that I have um, abandonment issues because my parents divorced when I was nine. And he does to some extent too. And um, he's never had a girlfriend who's actually been faithful to him. Got it. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing with me. So um, you gave me a lot of information and a lot to think about, and I want to take a, uh, a, a long view of this. Um, <clears throat> it sounds like there's a lot of love here. It sounds like there's some past trauma. It sounds like you're both trying to take some measure of personal responsibility mm -hmm. for where things are going wrong but you fall into the same patterns, right? Um, <clears throat> and it doesn't sound like any of this is easy, right? And that, no. and, that, and that last part, you know, violates one of my principles, which is that relationships should be easy, right? Mm -hmm. um, that said, the caveat on that, there are some people who, for whom every relationship will be difficult because they're difficult. <laughs> So it, it almost doesn't matter who you pair that person with. There's going to be drama. Yes. Does it make sense? Yes. Right? And so there's no such thing but easy. What I generally recommend is that if you're a lot to handle, you find someone who's easy. <laughs> but I have, but it didn't work. That's an example. That's, that, that's, not, that's not data. Right? That's... Right, uh, it's, that's our last caller, right? Our last caller is like, 
So I'm, you know, I dated this really nice guy and I'm not sure I'm attracted to him. So I'm going to give up on dating nice guys. What? What? No, <laughs> that's not the answer is to give up. You can't lump everybody together. Ultimately, difficult people need easygoing people. That is because it's the only person who could put up with them. That's what that was my aha moment when I was being all picky about, you know, I, I need someone better than my wife. I was, no, I, I needed someone to put up with me and my theories and my opinions and my standing on my soapbox and pontificating about the state of the world. I need someone who is cool with that. That was a revelation. The value of someone who just let me be me without having to walk on eggshells or censor myself. Right? For whatever reason. He does. He does. He does what? Let me be me. For the what first is, time. So what, are you, like, what are you fighting about and breaking up all the time? Over nothing, really. But, I mean, it's the most ridiculous things. Like it's, 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 it's not easy. I mean, I, no. I'm listening. I'm not telling you. <laughs> again, and I'm giving... I can only give, because I don't know you, Amber, and I don't know your boyfriend, I can only give broad generalizations and statistics, right? One of the best predictors of whether a couple's gonna break up and in divorce is whether they broke up while they were dating. Okay. Which mm -hmm. makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. if, you, if one or both parties is willing to say, screw this, I'm out of here, over and over and over again, what's to think that after you have a ring on your finger, that everything's going to be better, that it's going to become easy and someone's not going to walk away. Really, the best predictor of a smooth marriage is a smooth courtship. Yeah. And so we're, not, so we're not talking about a smooth courtship. So I feel like we're talking about two different things right now. And we have to, we have to they're intertwined, but we have to almost hold them separately, okay? Number one, uh, self-improvement, right? I teach this stuff and love you, but I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go on Amazon, buy it for three bucks. Kiss your fights. Goodbye by Dr. Jamie Turndorf. Learn how to talk to each other. Both of you learn how to yeah. talk to each, each other without attacking each other. It's a skill, just a communication skill. Whatever makes you really good in real estate, you're probably not bringing to your relationship. You're probably nicer to, nicer to your clients than you are to your boyfriend. Fair. Yeah, business is easy. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you treat your boyfriend more like a client. A little more kindness, a little more patience, a little more respect, a little more like, hey, if, I, if I'm a little nicer, maybe I could earn a 6% commission. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. So kiss your fights goodbye for both of you. And uh, attached by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller, uh, which talks about why people based on their childhood abandonment issues act out in relationships it identifies you could go on their website and take a quiz you'll both probably discover that you you're a mixture of anxious and avoidant right craving into attached. attached yes okay right craving intimacy and then pushing it away yes. lash lashing out Yes. Right. It's it, it really, really like always choosing if there's a 50% choice, always choosing the path that's more likely to inflame things than smooth things over. Yes. Right? And that's called protest behavior. Okay. Right? And that's when people are, are afraid of being vulnerable, letting someone in, getting hurt. They push someone away. So it's this weird push pull and you've, it, you inherited it. It's not your fault. Right. 
but it's malleable. It's something that can be changed. But again, one of my theories that I don't like to violate is you can't have a relationship dependent upon someone changing. No, you can't. Right? Like, again, like, yeah. our, like our last caller, let's assume her boyfriend's not going to suddenly pick up dancing or be the life of the party. Yeah. Right? Like, he's not, that, this is who he is. So two years in, your boyfriend, despite his desire to change, is by your desire to change. You're largely who you are. And yeah. change will be probably incremental and marginal. Right? This is your personality. This is his person. You can, you can manage it, right? But again, as someone who's also a handful, I'm not going to suddenly become a you know, demure, wilting, shy wallflower. Like that's, <laughs> that's not going to be part of my personality ever, no matter who wants me to be that way. Right. And, so, and so in general, not you, in general, I say, if it's that hard, Go find someone for whom the, the, the relationship is just easier, less friction, doesn't matter about two years spent, doesn't matter about love, doesn't matter about best friendship. You're fit, trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. It doesn't matter who's right or wrong. It's not working. The relationship isn't working. And that's why there's the breakup, makeup, breakup, makeup dynamic. So blanket advice is I wouldn't spend that much time trying to fix your relationship. If anything, I would, I would tell both of you to spend time looking inward, right? Taking responsibility for what you can control and bring that to whatever your next relationship is with a more compatible partner who doesn't trigger you as much, mm -hmm. right? That, that, that's, that's probably the two-step advice. Own your piece of it, but don't keep on banging your head against this wall just because you're afraid to get back out there. Right. Uh, I, I know it sounds like I'm always like a big advocate for breaking up. I just think that, that the heavy lifting of relationship counseling really requires two people to make almost 180 degree changes to be successful. And it's kind of hard to pull that off. It, yeah. What I've discovered, it's a lot easier to find someone who's a better fit for you. Right? It's trying on shoes. You're not jamming your foot in the shoe. You're just putting on a different pair. So that's, that's not against you or your boyfriend. I think you both deserve a lot of credit for coming to this point where you're willing to look at yourself and uh, own your past and say, hey, what could I do? I love you. I, I care. I want to do better, but I sometimes feel like I can't help myself. So you now have two tools to help yourself, right? Inexpensive. You could join Love You, but that's, that's a bigger commitment. But yeah. you have two in inexpensive tools that you can get on Amazon for nothing. Uh, you could share the books, share the book with your boyfriend, pick up a copy of five love languages too, right? I've read that. That's awesome. Yeah, and, but, but again, it's also having him read it too, or at least go online and take the quiz if he's not a reader. But it's, it's just learning these relationship dynamics. Oh, this describes me. And here's what people like me do. And here's what people like me should do, right? Uh, and again, as, as much as I could do in the context of a 10, 15 minute call, I think that's going to get you somewhere, at least to a point of clarity as to whether this is a relationship worth preserving or not. Yes, because that's hard. And I think the lady before me, it was the same way. You just don't know, should I be working at this or should I say, okay, I need to get out there again. The relationships take work model is the old model. Ask anybody. Relationships take work. 
know, relationships take effort. You, you have to, you have a garden, you have to water the garden, but mm -hmm. watering the garden isn't work. If you want your flowers to grow, it's just kind of what you do. So you have to yeah. tend to your relationship and you have to be attentive and patient and forgiving. And is that really work? Once something turns into work, if your job, right? Which if you, you're traveling around the world and doing real estate, it's probably somewhat lucrative. Some days it feels like work, but on the good days, it's kind of easy and it's kind of fun, right? That's, yeah, what, that's what relationships should be. Kind of like mostly easy and fun. And then, oh, when we disagree, we kind of iron it out together. We solve problems together, but there's no real fighting or yelling or threatening or silent treatments or there's nothing extreme. It's just, we, we got to figure this out. What, how are we going to spend this money? What are we going to do this weekend? We got this thing with your family. There's this thing with the kids. We're, we're paddling in the same direction here. So if, if one or both part, parties can't buy into that this is the greater good, what, is there, what are we really preserving here? See, last night there was this couple that I met She's 25 years older than he is. They're married and they're so in love, but it, I watched her and the things she did with him, you know, was just a lot more gentle. It was gentle, I'm comparing myself to her. Yeah. She was more gentle. They were more gentle with each other and kind of softer. <clears throat> yeah, and so you're more, and again, forgive the terminology because it doesn't sound, I mean, no one wants to hear this, but your more masculine energy, right? Yes. Just going, getting stuff done, ambitious, opinionated, like it's made you who you are in the world, right? But relationship skills are feminine energy. Supportive, patient, good listener, understanding, right? Putting other people first. Yeah. So you could stand to take a page out of her book and bring in some of that feminine energy and you could stand to find a man who does the same thing. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank I'm you. glad to, I will get those books and read them. They, again, these are things that I, I teach in love you. I mean, these, I've got permission from the authors to talk about their books because again, I think they're so outstanding. Um, and they're, again, they're books I wish I wrote, but I didn't. And so all I could do is, is let you know that there's lots of help out there if you're willing to do it. And you deserve a lot of credit for uh, bearing yourself on my podcast, letting other women learn from your experience. And I, and I really appreciate you sharing with me today. Well, thank you so much. Great being here. My pleasure. Please let me know what happens, right? I will. I right, will. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Um, I just feel like the voice of gloom and doom break up, break up, break up, far easier for me to say than for people to do. But um, ultimately the question is whether people are happy, right? It's not just about having a relationship, it's about having a happy relationship. And if you're, generally, if you're on the phone with a dating coach, your relationship isn't faring very well. That's the one thing I, I do know. Um, anyway, I want to uh, offer my appreciation to you for joining me on today's Love You podcast. My name is Evan Marquette. Next week, I'm interviewing Rory Ray from Have the Relationship You Want. Um, she's super. You don't want to miss the interview. If you enjoy this podcast and you want to be a future guest, uh, go to www.evanmarkatz.com forward slash podcast guest to see upcoming topics and ask your questions and to be on the show with me. 
Finally, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and YouTube. Follow me on both Facebook and Twitter if you haven't already. And best of all, I give away the most free dating and relationship advice on evanmarkkatz.com. I have a new survey right on my homepage uh, that I would love for you to take so I can learn about you and uh, solve your number one relationship challenge. So go to evanmarkkatz.com, give me your name and email address, and I will help you get the love that you deserve. Thanks so much. I'll see you again on next week's Lucky Podcast.